Take your Bibles out, if you would, please. I'm going to find you, ask you to find the book of Ephesians. Book of Ephesians. I want to start with a question. Do you know who I mean when I say those people? Now, I'm guessing that different things might have popped into your head, depending on your background, your culture, um, your church history, uh, how you vote. I want to talk to you today about those people. If you think you know who I mean when I say those people, just raise your hand. I want to know I'm talking to the right crowd. You know who I mean when I say those people? Okay, we got a couple. we got a couple. The rest of you are afraid to answer right now. You've been here before, haven't you? You know, normally it's a setup. Let me just be clear. I'm talking about those people that can be very challenging. Nobody amen because you're sitting with somebody today. I get it. The folks that are challenging, the people that are critical, that can be controlling. Just, just say amen when I hit the one that you... Okay, all right, cool, 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 cool. They know everything about everything. (laughs) And they're going to tell everybody what they know when they get a chance. I'm preaching now. You don't even realize it. They they exist in every area of our life. Um, They hide out on social media. Yeah, oh man is, yeah, oh me. Yeah, they they, they hide out there. They spread rumors at the office. But here's what you got to know, too. They're always at your family gatherings. Did anybody else feel that? Yeah, yeah, family gatherings, Thanksgiving, Christmas. And if there's no one like that in your family, you're that person. And I say that out of love because I love to say it. Years ago, I did a sermon series and I called it, Bob, you might remember this. I called it Problem People, People Problems. And I just tried to give applicable uh, scriptural uh, I don't know, I I almost said wisdom, but I I don't know if I was that or not, but just how to navigate through difficult relationships. Uh, and, and true story, when I did the first sermon in that series, I had someone approach me who was, <laughs> I'm going to sound like such a jerk right now, but I'm thinking it. Dad said, if you think it, say it. I told you that this morning, so I'm going to say it, Dad. So he's on you, bub. Um, he, he was one of those people. And I got a lecture to end all lectures about how I shouldn't have titled a sermon that. And I'm a man of God. And what are you doing talking about those people? And it's not the Christian thing to do. And, I, and I, he tried to undress me. And I thought, I did not say, but I thought, you are going to be a sermon illustration one day. And now he is. I want to talk to you about dealing with those people in a way that honors who they are. More importantly, that shows the love of God and honors God. We've been talking about, and if, if you've only been coming for the last several weeks, you probably think, these are clearly, they're just one-trick ponies. They have one thing to talk about. Right now, it is one thing to talk about, and that is the one. The reality that our, not just our obligation, but our responsibility to the kingdom of God is to go and get the one, uh, and all of heaven will rejoice. And Pastor Dwayne and I, uh, we've, we've just kind of trying to uh, give you some ways that we can do that. Uh, and and I, I, I opened, Ms. Candace mentioned it a second ago, um, we've been called to love everybody, and some people are a little more difficult to love and I started 
this thought on bitterness and forgiveness a couple of weeks ago in my time before you. And, and I'd like to continue that if I could. I'm not going to re-preach that message again, obviously. Uh, but, but if you find yourself like I do so often, I'm just easily frustrated. Um, let, let, me, let, me, let me just get real honest with you. I, I'm, I can be offended. And when I get offended, I get frustrated. I would like us to consider the words of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, this is kind of where we ended the last time I was before you. And, and, and I'm, I just want us to just get in that mindset again. We're talking about what stops us from going and get the ones that have drifted from the Lord or maybe have never had a relationship with Him. Because that is our assignment, whether we want to do it or not, or how much the people bug us or not. I'm so glad you're here today. It's good to be in God's house. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, let's start in verse 26. If you have your Bible, read along with me. The words will be behind me. Your Bible says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Verse 28. I'm sorry, 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Can I say that again? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. How much less would we say in a day if that was our mission. And then he kind of turns the corner in verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. I want us to start at the top where we started to read. I just kind of want to walk through that if we can. I believe God has something for us today. I'm talking about how do we show the love of Christ and honor other people when they're just so hard to get along with. So hard to get along with. The Word of God said in verse 26 and verse 27, In your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. This passage is so rich, but it starts by saying, Do not be angry in your sin. Do not be angry in your sin, which implies the fact that it must not be a sin to be angry, but it can sure turn a corner quick. Say amen if you agree with that. And it's good news that it's not a sin to be angry, Sometimes how we deal with it obviously can be, but it's not a sin when we're angry because you might, if you interact with people today or go online and interact with silent people, you, you open up a news app or you read a story or you begin to somehow get lassoed into a political conversation or a theological conversation. Chances are somehow, somewhere, some way you may be offended or you might offend someone else. Because after all, we're right. And I try to remind myself over and over again that there's simply, there's a no-win situation once I become offended. Because once I become offended, I'm on the defense. And if, if you know anything about me, I will, I will strive to win. I do not do well. To, I'm a sore loser. I don't do good with it, right? So if I get offended... And I, and I think you are violating me in some degree. I then get on the defense and uh, it's on. I, so we're clear. I, I didn't say that was right. I'm, I'm saying that's me. That ain't you. That's me. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there because it's recorded and, and, and videoed so that I can remind myself that I done told you all that. So you don't have to remind me. <laughs> 
I've never found my life to be more joyful when I'm angry. I've, I, uh, my marriage has never gotten better when I'm angry at Miss Kim. I mean, it just, I mean, it just doesn't. And yours didn't either. Um, I, I've never gotten closer to God. I've never had intimate conversation when I've walked around with ongoing unforgiveness, bitterness, or offense in my heart. And so I need to remember that there is a no-win situation when we live that way. And to keep it in context of what we're talking about, therefore, because it's a no-win situation, it's impossible. Oh, we can be fake about it, but that's not my admonishment to you today. It's impossible then to go and love people like Jesus loved them when we have offense in our heart. It's impossible. It's impossible. If you take notes, and if you don't, that's okay, but if you do, can you, can you just consider this today? Consider that being offended is inevitable, but living offended is a choice. Being offended is inevitable, but living offended is a choice. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offend you. I'm, I'm going to offend you with my, with my warped sense of humor. I'm, I'm, and and I, I'm, that's not my goal. I'm just saying some, sometimes I go too far. Here's the line. And uh, my family, our, our therapy sessions involve just roasting each other. Again, this, this is not a parenting conference. This is a sermon. I, 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 I'll offend you. I, I certainly will never mean to. Please know that. Um, and, and hopefully I've grown a little bit in, in my almost 60 years that, that I, I, I kind of know when to like put a muzzle on it. But some, I got to be honest, sometimes I don't. Um, there's a chance that you won't get out the door today before another Christ follower who loves you is going to make you walk out the door going, mm, that was weird. Because I need to tell you that that's how the enemy works. That's his goal, man. That's his agenda. He attacks you because he's trying to attack the church. Amen. So I believe that's one of the reasons the Apostle Paul is telling us you got to be really careful because if you hold on to anger and if you're nurturing offense and if you're rehearsing the hurts, and we, we got to be honest, right? I, I want to have a grown-up conversation about this because we rehearse the hurts over and over and over and over and over. And every time we do, we get a little more offended because then we start weighing it out like, after all I've done for them, is that why you did stuff for them? So they would treat you better? Well, that's not right either. And so we can rehearse all these things, and it just, and I'm, and I'm so not making light of the, the real hurt of that and the, and the reality of that, but, but, but we give the devil, the, the father of lies, the prince of darkness, Satan himself, a foothold in our life. We, we are giving him a place in our life, and I don't know about you, but I don't want to give the devil any access to my life. No, I want the door slammed shut and locked. And then I want to guard at the door because you give him an inch, it take a mile. I don't want my anger or fence or my sense that what's wrong in the world today is I got all the answers. I don't want to give the devil access to attack anything close to me. I do not want, and, and I'm going to say nothing in this stage of our talk today that you're going to disagree with. So, you know, you can lean into this. You don't have to be on guard. I don't want to give the devil access in my marriage. This year we've been married 42 years, and I don't want to give him access to my marriage. I don't want to give the devil access to my children. I don't want the devil to have the ability to attack my children and come into, into their lives and maybe divide the family. 
because I'm harboring something or you get the idea. I, I don't want to give the enemy the ability to attack you, my friends. I don't want to give the devil access to my church. And I do not want to give the devil access to the church. The church of Jesus Christ. The saved. But listen. I can hold on to offense, bitterness, and unforgiveness to the degree that it will affect the church. It will affect my church. It will affect my family. So I want us to talk about that today. If you live and harbor anger and you're easily offended, um, the devil does have a place in your life. I'm not the bearer of bad news. Hopefully you'll be encouraged by the time you leave here today. But I got to set the stage for this. Um, The way I process data and the way I read the scripture, I've told you many times, I put myself in whatever I'm reading if Ephesians 4, that passage we just read, I put myself right there as if I, either Paul is talking and I'm in the audience or I'm reading the letter that he wrote. And some, when it talks about giving the devil a, a foothold or a place in my life, I think sometimes about what would happen if I was in the demonic board meeting where he's trying to figure out how to do that. I know, I'll get help for the way I think. Scripture tells us that he is not omnipresent. There is only one that is omnipresent. So his demons, right, they attack our lives. That's reality. They're principalities of the air. Yeah, you know that already. They have schemes against us. They have plans against us. And I don't live like the devil's behind every bush. Most of the time when the devil's got a place in my life, I've invited him in, set the table, and served it right up to him. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not scared of that, but, but, but I think what would I do if I was in that brainstorming meeting with the enemy, and you know, let's say we're just sitting around and the assignment is to break the heart of God and to destroy relationships, to break the heart of God and, and to never be effective in the kingdom of God or increase the kingdom of God. See people come to know Jesus. You get the idea, right? Well, what, what would we do uh, to make that happen? How would, how would we do that? Well, I, 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 <laughs> um, I thought of the three D's of destruction. If I were a demon, I am not. Thank you. I had to qualify that, Pastor. Um, And I was trying to scheme against God. I would do three things. The first thing I would do, if you're taking notes, I would divide. I would divide. That's what offense does. Uh, Let me pause for a second. This will be the simplest message you've ever heard. And listen, think you're in children's church right now, okay? And I, I promise, when we get this right, we'll go deeper. Until then, we're going to stay right here in the shallow end for a minute. I would divide. I would divide. I would divide. I would divide families. I would divide friends. I would divide churches. Are you with me? I, I would try to bring division into, into these situations and these places. And honestly, if I were a demon, it would be easier to do that today than any other time, I think. So we've kind of made it kind of easy on him. I want to make it harder on him. So we got to do our part. Amen. I mean, all you got to do, like I said, you start talking about, oh, them, them Republicans and them Democrats and blah, blah, blah. You throw, throw in some racial division. And then when you get offended, the division has already started. It's already started. The foothold, bam, is right there. Now he's in. He's in the door. He's not in the hallway anymore. When division starts to happen, it begins to cascade very quickly. Amen. I mean, misunderstandings can be very toxic. Amen. Our opinions can be very toxic. 
Oh, okay. How we present our opinions, if it's not exactly right, can be toxic. I'm not even saying that's our intention. But we have to understand that we have been instructed in these passages. To, we got to get rid of all that stuff and only say things that will build up. Can I say something to you? My opinion doesn't matter. My opinion just does not matter. Now, some of you that are closer to me, perhaps we can have those conversations because I know you're, you know, hopefully going to be around a while. But my opinion doesn't matter. And in the spirit of full disclosure, your opinion doesn't matter. I mean, I ain't going to shut you down. Well, maybe, but I, I, I mean, I mean, we can start throwing, we can start interjecting things into conversations that cause division and we, we don't mean to perhaps, but, but you can be completely right and be completely wrong. You can be completely right and cause division. What have we accomplished? What have we accomplished? You start, start destroying friendships when you think people actually care about your stance on the pandemic. They do not. What's it buying us? How is it helping the church of Jesus Christ? Family members stop talking to each other. and Marriages are ruined and churches are split because of our division. The second thing were I in that meeting, I would try to distract this is my Achilles heel right here. I'm that guy. Divide and distract. Distract Christians from their mission. Get them arguing about things in culture. That doesn't matter. I mean, like, at all. Like, has no bearing on eternity. But that wasn't how I was raised. Again, we love you. But, but, but distraction from our mission can create some real problems in the church of Jesus Christ. I'd, I'd start arguing about things that don't matter. I'd start boycotting some businesses. I'm, I'm meddling now, ain't I? I need to dial it back, don't I? I'd start holding signs somewhere because we know that works. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I should have came next week because Pastor Dwayne will probably be speaking and this dude's just mean. No, listen, I, I believe time's running out. And we've got to get this right now. We've got to do the stuff that matters. We've got to do the stuff that increases the kingdom of God. Not, not standing there telling everybody how right we are and the loudest person wins. Distracting. Distracting from the point, the mission, why we're here. And if I couldn't get the normal stuff to distract them. I, I just use Facebook or social media to compare myself with other people and be distracted by how awesome their life is. I, I, I know in a spirit of transparency, many that are listening to this and maybe in this room, you've tried to put something like really heavy out on Facebook or, or, or social media, whatever it is, and you're like, this is the real me, and da, 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 da. Can I tell you, nobody, nobody, I'll talk to you, bro, because you love me. Nobody shows all their cards on social media. Nobody shows all their cards on social media. No, they hold them right here. And in, in, in the hopes of authenticity, they'll play that one. And as soon as everybody tells everybody how great they are, they pick it back up. Is this a, is this a message for church, or do I need to like, just record? Go, okay. He said, he said, keep going. So Pastor Dwayne said, keep going, so I'm going to go. It's a distraction. It's a small group. <laughs> Listen, hey, I don't get invited back to many small groups. <laughs> Listen, listen, the, the reality is, is that it creates offense. 
And so what we're trying to do, and, and, and a lot of it is subconscious. I, I totally get it. I get the psychology of it, Candace. She's a psychology major. I get, I, get the, I, I, get, I get how it works, but the reality is we're, we're, just, we're just trying to get somebody to put some salve on a wound because we're already offended. It had nothing to do with those people that you're trying to get the salve from. I, I understand what I'm trying to get. You, the message across is it's a distraction, what, what we've been instructed in Scripture to do is get rid of it. I, I mean, Paul was pretty clear. We skipped over a couple verses, and, 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 and to me, it's some of the best preaching that Paul ever did in Scripture. He's, he's laying it out, bitterness, unforgiveness, you know, what, you should, what should come out of your mouth. And then he just kind of out of nowhere says, and by the way, if you're stealing, stop stealing. Okay, I don't have the verse. I, I, it's, it's in my notes. I just didn't read it. I'm going to now, though. Anyone who's been stealing, verse 28, Ephesians 4, anybody who has been stealing must steal no longer. No, you got to work. Do something useful with your hands that they may have something to share with those in need. He's trying to be practical in a way where he's saying, if you're doing something, I talked about this Wednesday at Deep End. Play out your life right now. Go five years. How, do you like, does that, how does that look to you? Go 10 years. How does that look to you? Because if we keep going in the same direction we're going, we will end up exactly where we're going. And I'm, man, I ain't wagging my, man, I got my own adjustments to make. Please don't mishear me. I ain't wagging my finger. I'm being condescending. I'm saying we've got to get this right. Heaven depends on it. And distractions can get us off of course. Amen. So we can divide. We can distract. We can, number three, we can discredit. <laughs> if I was in the meeting with the other demons, I would try to discredit someone's witness. Am I right? Three Ds of destruction. I should have played some metal right there, but I didn't. Listen, it's relatively easy to discredit someone's witness. Say, hey, man. <laughs> say, say so, 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 Jeff, how does that work? Well, it's kind of simple. I'll give you the recipe. Um, don't use it, but so you're aware of it. One, one of the ways that this can happen, and it's, it's literally seamless, is, is you, you just start letting everybody know what you're against, and then if another Christ follower ain't against what you're against, doesn't matter if it's in the Bible. <laughs> That's a sidebar. That's icing on the cake. You let everybody know what you're against, and if they're not against what you're against, guess what? Oh. I thought you loved Jesus. I thought you loved Jesus. No, I, I love Jesus. I mean... Can we be honest? Uh, again, dude, I'm an old man. I get it. I get it. I'm okay with that. I mean, Tom's older than me by far, but I'm, I'm an old man. I get it. But here's the reality. The reality is, I mean, I, I, get, I get that it can be difficult sometimes and, and based on culture and how you're raised or whatever, and, sure, and, and it's hard to receive someone like me. And I'm not a martyr. I mean, I, I, love, I love you. I love you. I love you. You're watching us. I love you. Um, but, I mean, the tattoos don't come off. They, they just don't. I can't wash them off. So we can talk all day about it, but it don't matter. Because here I am. Here you are. <laughs> let's, let's stop trying to discredit everybody. Can we do that? No, no. no. Okay, the, the two of you that are with me on let me go, let me cut right down the middle. Can we do that? Can, can, we, can we stop being known for what we're against and maybe talk about what we're for? Can we do that over here to the side? Okay, then everybody's on board. Okay, well, have a great day. Have a great week. My work is done here. Listen, I, I, I said to you nothing that I would say you would disagree with yet. Whatever people are mad about, I, I will try to discredit 
My goal would be to discredit them, keep them angry, keep them critical, keep them judgmental. I I know you know what I'm talking about. Hypocritical, self-righteous, self-centered. And when I look at this strategy, I look at what I see in the world and I think at the risk of really sounding heretical, and it's not my heart, but I don't know any other way to say it. In those brainstorming meetings that, that, that they have, they're not doing bad. And it breaks my heart. Because where it's working the most is in our churches. Division, distraction, discrediting. I mean, this is where I don't, I don't, I wouldn't give an award out to them or anything, but we got to be aware of what's happening. Amen. We see it happening all the time. We see it pretty close to home now. We see it happening in family members, happening in the body of Christ. The people that should be the most loving that have been forgiven of the most. We can't get over some things to get the one that desperately, violently needs Jesus Christ. That's a burden for me. That's heavy on my heart. Because my preferences should not outweigh the principles in God's word. They just shouldn't. Again, verse 26 says, don't let the sun go down while you're angry. Don't don't let the day come to an end while you're still battling with this offense. You're harboring this offense. In other words, this is is pretty powerful. I, I don't know if it's my OCDs or what it is, but I'll read something this way, and then i got to reverse engineer it, right? So what's interesting to me is what this verse implies. Don't let the sun go down while you are angry. I I believe this implies something very powerful. And again, if you might want to use this, please do. The day of your hurt can also be the day of your healing. If you don't let the sun go down. The, the, the day of the offense can be the day of the freedom. But, but not if our goal is to be right. Not if our goal is to be better than someone else. Not if our goal is to be the church that is nailing it. The day of your hurt can be the day of your healing. The same day someone offends you. Man, listen. You can be the Christ follower that's bringing about reconciliation in the kingdom of God. And I know this is easier said than done, but let me ask this just for application. How different do you think our marriages would be? Our friendships, our families. If the day I offended you, I owned it, ended it, and fixed it. Listen, you can't tell me it wouldn't be different. You can't. I'm not saying you're not going to be reminded of it. I'm not even going to say they're not going to do something again. How different would our marriages, our churches, our families, our friendships, how different would it be? Hey, hey, would you just please forgive me? I don't even know why I did what I did. I don't know why I said what I said. And to be honest, don't even know why you're so mad at me. Dot, dot, dot. But if you do... The worst thing you can say is that. What's the matter? Well, I think you know. <laughs> we've, we've, we've got to understand that the day that it hurts can be the day that it's healed. The day we had a misunderstanding, we could say, you know what? We don't even have to agree on this. How different would our world be If we didn't let the sun go down on our offense. (laughs) 
Because you don't want to give the devil an opportunity to divide, distract. Yeah, you, you get it. Verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. I, I, I got to pause. Have you ever had someone talk to you in such a way that it did not fill your tank whatsoever? I mean, they weren't even saying nothing wrong, necessarily. But, but, it, but it, you were like three seconds putting your thumb in their eye because you're like, is that how you want to talk to me right now? See, see, we, we got to slow down when you read the scriptures. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. See, we're, we're so afraid. We're so afraid of being offended and being taken advantage of that we don't care about that last part. I'm going to say it again. We're so afraid of being offended and being taken advantage of, we don't care about meeting their needs and what we say and how we say it. We got to make sure they know where we stand. I want to say right here, God forgive us. Don't let any wholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Don't raise your hand. I'm not even going to look at you, but I want to ask, how are we doing with that? So what does it mean, no unwholesome talk? Because growing up, I was, you know, I was taught that was cursing, right? That's unwholesome talk. And, and, and okay, I ain't arguing with that. But it's more than that. It's more than that. No belittling. And, and, and I know, listen, I hear, I hear myself when I talk. So I know what you're thinking right now is, hold on, uh, hypocrite. You just said you roasting your family. You have no idea. We do. It's so fun. But, but let me tell you something. They know. And we don't end with that. <laughs> it's belittling. Bad-mouthing, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Criticizing, gossiping, name-calling. I need to move on. None of, none of those things help build anyone up. Eventually, Kim, Kim will sometimes, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't ask her if I could say this, so I'm going to look over there, I'm going to look over this way. Some, some days, because... As Pastor Dwayne reminds me, man, your family is so witty. Like, you guys, I, I, was, I was two days behind that joke. Uh, and sometimes, Ms. Kimmel remind us when everybody, when the family leaves our house on a Sunday evening, um, hey, hey, this is, this, hey, hey, hon, hey, babe. Um, I, I, I think it's been a little, now it's turned into a habit where you're just murdering folks with, with, with your roasting. So can we dial that back a little bit? So she started this thing about filling up, what's what she call it? Love tanks. We're going to, you know what? We're going to fill up our love tanks. I'm like, let's go. Let's fill up our love tanks. I mean, sure, I might have to ease a little. I mean, I, I let a little off every now and again. But our, our goal is to fill up our love tanks. So I, you need someone in your life like her <laughs> that's going to regulate someone like me. Because isn't that our job, fill up other people's love tanks? I want to give you five suggestions. I, I, I have verses for these, but for the sake of time, I, I've got five suggestions I think might be helpful in your relationships. That nothing unwholesome can come out of your mouth. I'll wait while you get a pen. Number one, never resort to name calling. There's never a reason, there's never an excuse to be dishonoring and tear somebody down by calling them names. I, I know I didn't say anything spiritual right there, but you can say amen if you agree. Because you ever been talked down to like that? Oh, man. Number two, never raise your voice. No one's ever been changed by someone who's yelling. People are changed when there's love in your voice. I, I'm, I'm not here to talk louder than anybody else. I'm here to let you know that through acceptance, 
We're going to love you. We're going to put action to our feet. You, you, you feel me? That's, just, that's what we do. And by, and by the way, if, if you're sending me a text message, don't do it in all caps because you're yelling at me. I forgive you, Ryan. <laughs> just come and repent now. We'll wait. Number three, never get historical. I didn't say hysterical. I said never get historical. Listen, listen. <laughs> Maybe this is a marriage conference. I don't even know. Don't go back in time. Don't go back in time. You got to stop. I have to stop. You can't say, remember what you did back then when you did that? Remember? Remember when, remember when you did that? Some of you totally got that. Number four, never exaggerate. Never say never. Never say always. <laughs> you never did this. You always do that. It's just not true. It's just not. It's just not true. And, and everything I'm telling you is things I've done, so I can say this knowing that it's just never not true. <laughs> and number fifth, and probably the most important one, never quote your pastors during a fight. Just, just please stop that, because just, just leave us out of it, okay? Just, you guys go right ahead. You just, just go ahead, get her done, whatever you, whatever you do, but stop saying, you heard Pastor Dwayne Sunday say, no, 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 please stop. Please, please stop that. If we, if, if Miss Kim and I had a dime for everybody that reminded us in a, in a counseling meeting or whatever about what I said on a Sunday, I'm like, I don't even remember what I preached on and listen, I, I, know, I, know, I know those are good. I know those are helpful. But let me, let, me, let, me, let me summarize it this way. See if this is familiar. Um, next slide says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. No, the, the things I just told you <laughs> are that. They're that. And again, for the sake of time, I didn't give you the antitheses of those. The, like, okay, well, if I'm not going to say always whatever, if I'm not going to exaggerate, what do I do? Well, you tell the truth. But, but I think you get the idea. We, we, we've got to not let unwholesome talk come out of our mouths because that's not building anyone up. And, and again, full circle, are, are we trying to be right? Or are we trying to lead people to Jesus Christ? Because at the end of the day, nobody's going to remember you were right. Oh, but listen, that one you pointed to Jesus for all of eternity will remember what you did. Amen. And if you're like me, sometimes when you get angry, I, I, I can quickly justify my anger. We've named it something in the church, right? What is it? Righteous anger. So we can say whatever we want to say because we're justified by it because we're righteous about it. Again, as I try to think that through and see where did the church come up with these phrases? Why did we do this? Well, it's obvious we did that to make ourselves feel better for losing our minds. And, and we, we don't do it in any other problem area in our life. <laughs> Let's stick with that metaphor of righteous anger for just a minute. And, I mean, because is, is anger a destructive force? Okay, seriously. Is anger a destructive force? Yes, it's a fire that can get out of control, and your tongue will just keep feeding the fire. Amen. Guilty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So using that metaphor, let's think about this for a second. Um, is there any other destructive force in Scripture that we can call righteous. Does anyone brag about their righteous greed? I mean, I, mean, I mean, let's be honest. I just want more and more. It's all for me. It's righteous greed. God gave it to me. No, no one's going to say that. Would anybody talk about their righteous lust? <laughs> hey, man, this is just how God made me. <laughs> what? What is wrong with you? No. But, but yet we, we are 
declaring that our righteous anger is okay. But anger is a destructive force. Unforgiveness is a destructive force. How about our righteous <clears throat> gluttony? <clears throat> you know what? I'm going to eat the whole thing for the glory of God. I'm just going to do it. Bye, cracky. No, listen. We, 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 don't, we don't do those things. And, I, and I, I'm just asking us, can we just stop talking long enough to think about what it is we're saying and how that's being received? Because we've got to stop qualifying what we do and do what Jesus would do. Amen. Here's what we're supposed to do with our anger. Even the anger that I want to justify, verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander. And it's almost like Paul saying, God, I'm, I'm, I want to name everything, but if I left anything out, can I just include every form of malice? One of the challenges we have as, you know, Western, Westernized American church is we don't use words many times like malice anymore. Um, think unforgiveness, think bitterness, think, think what you would never say out loud. But when something happens to someone else, well, they had it coming. It's those thoughts that help us to harbor unforgiveness and bitterness. And then in verse 32, he says something profound. But first of all, can I just tell you what he didn't say? What he didn't say is be arrogant about our moral superiority because Jesus loves us. He doesn't say be critical of everyone who thinks differently than I do. Be harsh because we're dealing with those people. No, he says this, be kind. Come on, somebody. When our kids were small, Miss Kim would always tell them, nice matters. Nice matters. Kindness matters. And if you've met any of my children, thank Kim for it. But you, you're, you're, not, you're never going to say they weren't nice, that they weren't kind, that they weren't compassionate. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Oh, Paul's so, he's so slick. Just when you're like, okay, I'll do that. Oh, but hold on, just as, equal to, the equivalent of, <laughs> no, come on now, just as Christ God forgave you, just as in Christ God forgave you. I've been unfaithful to God. I have. I've lied to God. I have. I've made promises to God I didn't keep. Don't raise your hand, but has any person ever done that to you? Have you ever done that to God? Well, just like Scripture says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9, then... Where's the, where's the equity here? No, we've got to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave. Can we just let that sink in for just a second? And I'm, and I'm going to close. But we, I, what are we to do? We are to get rid of the anger. We're to get rid of the slander and the malice. And instead, We flip the script on what the demons are trying to do, what the enemy's trying to do. And we love. And we serve. And we help. Just as Christ, in Christ, God has done the same for us. Question. Where can you I mean, I mean, like today, like when you're done here, how can you be kind, compassionate, and forgiving now? Because we can't debate 
the verses. No, it says what it says. And if we're going to believe some of it, we've got to believe all of it. Amen. And I want to apply it all to my life. So I'm asking how and where can we be kind, compassionate, and forgiving? And the answer is, you, you, you can't, can't do it from a distance if the people are still in your life. See, it's easy to shout that someone's wrong from a distance. Isn't it easy? It's so easy. But being compassionate, being forgiving, being loving, you gotta, we got to lower the volume a little bit. One of the challenges I see in the church at large today, it's easy just to shout that truth from a distance and here's where you're wrong and here's how I'm right and et cetera, et cetera. But, but it takes time to love up close. And, and I'm, not saying that, I'm not saying I'm there and I'm not even saying you're there. I'm saying, but we have to, we have to agree that, as Ms. Candace said, there, there's the reality that it, it's so much better on the other side of forgiveness. And you'll never experience it until you're just willing to lean into it. I'm not even suggesting it won't feel worse before it feels better. But why are we here? When's the last time you listened to someone who's incredibly different than you and just listened? To be quick to listen and slow to become angry. Because huh. if we're 100% honest, we all know, one, maybe five, that are just always right. Could we maybe stop arguing long enough? Maybe. Stop arguing about how church should be done. Because I'm not here to change anyone's mind. I'm so not. They can be right about how you're supposed to spend their money and how you're supposed to raise your kids and go on and on and on. And they've, they've, got, they've got all the truth about the COVID because they've done their research. Can we just stop? The division has to stop. But as I'm thinking about this, and I, and I, I close, it dawned on me, what if I'm one of those people? What if I'm one of those people? What if I'm one of those people because I, I, know, I know some things about a lot of stuff. And plus, I'm, I'm the guy with the mic telling you how you should live. What, what, if, what if I'm that guy? If I've offended you in any way, that's not my goal. If the scriptures has offended you, that's my goal. But, I, but I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't want to be the one telling you what you're doing wrong. I, 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 Duane and I say, we want to answer the questions real people are asking. And people need to know how to get over hurt. How to go get those that have wandered away from Christ. So if maybe you might ask yourself, am I the one? Final verse I'm going to read is in Psalm 139. Look at it behind me. It says, Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious, frustrated, offensive thoughts. He goes on to say, See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. God, show me where I'm arrogant. God, show me where I just, I'm judgmental, I'm self-centered, I'm self-righteous, I'm harboring pain. Show me where I, 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 I'm, I'm carrying on an offense. I never want to give the devil room to divide, distract, or discredit, or destroy. What can you do 
today. Would you just pray with me? Church, this, is a, this, this passage in Psalm is a dangerous prayer. It really is. Because when you ask God to search you, He will. And we have to be ready to deal with what it is He brings up. So I don't know where this finds you. But, but if I can say again that being offended is inevitable, but living offended is a choice. And we need to make different choices for the glory of God and to show the love of Jesus to people. Every minute I'm angry, I lose a minute of joy. Every minute I'm offended, I lose a minute of peace. Three days ago, my big brother passed away, and he was a mentor of mine, and you've heard me for <laughs> over two decades now tell stories of, of him. And, and what has just become so real to me? And it ain't, it ain't that I didn't know it before. It's that we're not promised tomorrow. <laughs> and I just don't want unwholesome words to come out of my mouth. I, I want to build people up. I want to spend all my resources on going after the one. <laughs> all my time, all my energy, all my efforts and seeing a marriage restored or a restart happen in someone's life after tragedy. If you're here this morning, and I don't, I don't have a big altar call for you, and I don't feel that... This is the direction the Lord's going. Obviously, the altar's open if you want to come. But if you're here and you're like, man, Jeff, <laughs> I can see where division and distraction and discrediting has happened because of my offense. And you just want to repent of that. And, and, and all repent means is you're just going to turn the other way. You, I mean, obviously, you... Ask God to forgive you. And, and then there's probably some steps you might need to make if the person is still in your life. But if not, you can repent and turn the other way and speak differently, think differently. You can ask God to search your heart and show you any offense. And if you say, Jeff, I know this will be hard, but that's what I need to do. I just want to pray with you. Would you just raise your hand? I just want to pray. That's all I'm going to do. God bless you there and there and there. God bless you, dear, in the back. Who else? Thank you. And there, who else? I'm going to give, I want to give you just 10 more seconds as you're asking God to search your heart. God bless you, dear. Proud of you. Who, who, who would say, Jeff, I'm, I've just got to get better at this no unwholesome thing come out of my mouth. I've, I've, I've got to get better at speaking life according to the people's needs and what they need and it, others would be benefited. Would you pray for me, Jeff, that I would just get better at this? With God's help. If that's you, raise your hand. We're just going to pray there and there and there and there all over this building. So that's all of us. God, we love you.
Father, we, we've all been affected by division and offense. And God, we, we, we cannot answer for other people and we cannot repent for others. Oh, but Father, we come before you in humility right now. And we say guilty is charged for harboring offense. For not speaking life and speaking blessings when we know we should. Because we're afraid we'll be taken advantage of. Or maybe someone doesn't deserve it, we think. God, we're sorry. We turn from that today. We ask you to forgive us. We're sorry. We've not been a part of the solution. In our own little way, we've been part of the problem and we're sorry. Forgive us. Put us in the pathway of the one. And we will honor them. We will love them unconditionally. And bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. We love you. Appreciate your patience. We love you. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you.